friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We have got a great show in store for you today. Married or single, today's show is for you. Y'all know that my new book, That Sounds Fun, came out in February. And one of the places you can purchase it is that haven that makes up half of my Venn diagram of fashion, Target. If you got your copy of That Sounds Fun from Target, I want to make sure you know that it's a special edition that's only available at Target. In addition to the letter from me and some themed journaling pages, there's a downloadable print that you can get if you go to thatsoundsfunbook.com slash Target and fill out the little form there, and it'll send you the color version of that print. We'll put the link in the show notes too, but again, all of you Target shoppers, you can find your downloadable print at That Sounds funbook.com slash target. You've heard me talk about Prep Dish before, and you know that I love it. What's better than having someone else, a registered dietitian and chef, no less, map out your meals each week? I admit, though, sometimes it's hard to fit in time to meal prep on the weekend. And sometimes I've got one day packed with plans or travel, and you guys knew I do my best not to do chores on my Sabbath. And sometimes I'm just not feeling meal preppy, you know? You guys, this is why I'm so excited to tell you about Prep Dish's latest offering. All Prep Dish subscribers now receive a weekly super fast menu in addition to the normal gluten free, paleo, and low carb menus. Super fast menus take only one hour of prep. That means I can easily fit the prep in after lunch or even on a weeknight if I don't feel like it on the weekend. And during weeks, I feel like spending a little more time in the kitchen. I still have the other three menus to choose from. If you've thought about trying prep dish but worried you wouldn't have time to do the prep, now is a great time to check out the free trial. The founder and our friend Allison is offering you guys here at That Sounds Fun a free two-week trial. Just check out prepdish.com slash that sounds fun for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash that sounds fun fun for your first two weeks for free and let me know how you like it. Jonathan Pecluda is our guest today, one of my favorite pastors. You may remember he was on the Next Gen Episode 3 a couple of years ago and Episode 197 with our Love Better Tour friends. JP and I got to tour together last year. I love this dude. And listen, he knows how to talk about relationship. His book, Outdated, Find Love That Lasts When Dating Has Changed, comes out tomorrow. I've already read it. It's really good. This is such a good conversation for my friends who are single about dating, but also for our married friends about what we need from our married friends as singles. I mean, it is like, it may be my favorite relationship conversation we've had around here. So I hope you will enjoy this conversation with Jonathan Pecluda. Hey, listen, happy one year anniversary of us being tour mates. Oh my gosh. I think about it so much. That was so like, how much fun did we have? I, I and so that will go down. So far in forty years of life, that will go down as the hardest I've laughed <laughs> on that. A certain thing, or just across the two weeks in general? No, in my life. Oh, oh, the certain thing. Oh, yes, of course. You know, you know, Mike Grayson just had me rolling. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he does. Yeah. He had our friend, Mike Grayson, who's a worship leader that was out with us, had his tonsils out last, last week. Yeah. And you can't imagine a funnier thing than Mike being in pain all the time. 
and just having a deal. I mean, bless his heart. Bless I saw that. Heart. So, so the, it was the late night jam sessions too, you know, just kind yeah. of walking down memory lane with boys to men and vanilla ice and old school rap. Yeah. So, I mean, the last touring I did, the last real travel I did for speaking was that. When was the last tour they did? I mean, I think we were the last ones to go before the global shutdown. Yeah. Isn't that wild? And one of the things I'm processing, JP, that I would love for you to kind of speak into is I'm kind of processing how often the Lord orchestrates things that we don't see at the time, you know? So, so like we couldn't have known the dates of that tour versus when the pandemic was going to kick up. And he always is right. I mean, that's the thing. That's where like the rubber meets the road in faith is like, we can always say we trust God with $20 in our pocket when things are going well, but it's the curveballs. Like it's when things don't go what we perceive as well, or, or they don't right. go according to our plan. And I love, you know, Keller says that worry is the fear that God's going to get it wrong and bitterness is believing he did. And I wow. think that's so consistent with what I see in my my own life and believers in the church. It's just like we live in fear that God's going to get it wrong or we question his sovereignty. And that's just where I always think. In fact, I'm I'm here in Lynchburg, Virginia. So I was supposed to go to Nashville, got stuck here. I, I know your plans haven't gone as, as you thought they would also. But as I said yesterday, just the powerful equation in life is that this idea that that God is in control, plus God is good, plus God loves you, equals your peace. Like mm. if we can just believe those three things, that God is in control and God is good and he loves you. JP, that I mean, that's right, because you and I should be sitting around a table in Nashville and you're in Virginia and I'm in Colorado. <laughs> Posted on Instagram, just that that flight was canceled and a few prayer warriors were like, Hey, God, God's got it. He's in control. And now here we are yeah. talking about this. So, yeah, I just think, so talk to me for a second or talk to our friends listening. The God is in control. Say the three again, God is in control. God loves you. And what's the third one? So God is, God is in control. God is good. And God loves you. So if you think about it, like yeah, a math God equation, good. God is in control. Plus God is good. Plus God is crazy about you. If those three things are true equals your peace. The result of those three thing, those three realities is that we can walk in peace, knowing that any situation and circumstance that we're walking through, that he has a purpose in it. And I know that's so easy to say on a podcast with a dear friend when, you know, I'm in a climate controlled room and things are going well. It's it's different in the midst of loss, in the midst of grief, in the midst of pain, in the midst of heartbreak. But in those situations, those are our greatest opportunities to display our faith. I mean, they really, mm. if you just think, they really and truly are our greatest opportunities to display our faith. What was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's greatest opportunity to display their faith? It's when they went in the furnace. Daniel's in the lion's den, mm. right? Jesus, you know, who operated and is faith in the garden as he moves to the cross for the joy set before him. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because I was thinking, man, one of the things I've been thinking about being here in Colorado instead of in Nashville has been like, this is a really bougie turn of events, not a discipline. You know, I'm not stuck in a hotel by myself somewhere. Sorry, you are. I'm not like I'm not. So many of our friends in your state in Texas are really suffering this week with burst pipes and days without electricity or food or sometimes without water. And 
And it feels a lot easier for me to say, God's good and he loves me. He's got a plan because I'm at a ranch and someone else is cooking my food, <laughs> you know? But even in the midst but when, of yeah. suffering, we learn empathy, you know, and compassion. And that's why I, you know, when it's, when it's cold and the temperatures go down, I think about our brothers and sisters on the streets and, yeah. and those who are suffering. And then, you know, God turned off the power in much of Texas and it's 12 degrees to negative three degrees in different places. Right. And, uh, I have friends without power. We have another family living with us right now because they didn't have power. Water sh- shut off in much of the state. And so, yeah, it's, it's, you're learning empathy. Yeah. It just is a, um, will you tell the story? Cause I was saying to you before we started that part of being, getting to be at Lost Valley Ranch longer is getting to be with people I really care about longer than I thought I'd get to be with them. And you kind of had a really cool experience in Lynchburg. And I think hearing the stories of, if you're looking for God to do something, he is doing something. Stories are so powerful. Will you tell the story of what's happened today? Yeah, so I was supposed to, I, I, this all came about last minute. Liberty asked if I would speak and and I was going to at a later date and then they had a cancellation. They said, is there any way you can get here? And I said, yeah, actually that's sandwiched between some travel so I can uh, just jet over there and then to Nashville. Well, some students reached out and just said, hey, is there any way that you could meet with us? Once you got locked in there. Yeah, well, I love doing things like that. But I'm like, I I don't know that that's going to be possible because I don't know how long I'm going to be here. Well, they they actually reached out and said, hey, I know you you probably won't be able to. You know, it's too late now. I said, well, actually, I'm kind of stuck here. You know, my, my plan's canceled. And there was a bad storm, ice storm here last night. I said, so if you can get to this hotel... I'd be happy to meet with you. And so at 10 a.m., three different groups, uh, student groups came through. And as they walked in, I was like, I don't know where we're going to meet, you know, with COVID and all of that. Like, where yeah. we're gonna, well, the hotel provided this amazing conference room for us. It, the, there was the the table fit the exact number of students. There were uh, the exact number of chairs that we needed around the table. And we all sat down and two and a half hours of of questions and prayer and talking about the the state of the affairs in our country and in our land and in the church and in faith and at universities. And it was just felt like this really powerful moment. And so I think there's something in life, right? We always want to ask God, what are you doing? I think that's a really powerful question. Mm -hmm. God, what are you doing right now? And what does it look like for me to be faithful in this situation? I've been, that's the question I've been saying here this week has been, okay, God, if you have me in this place for extra days, what are you doing? And sometimes we don't get the answers to our whys, right? Like sometimes God's sovereignty is just God's sovereignty. And that's the end of the story. And, and if we believe that he's good, that he has a plan, that he loves us, that's fine. And then other times he goes, yeah, I want to tell you a little something that I'm doing that I'm letting you be a part of. And that is, that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. It feels that way to me. Uh, The real reason we need to talk JP is you and I have now been friends for two years three years, a long time. Best two years of my life. Same, same. And yet, uh, you still haven't introduced me to a husband. But I'm, so, but I'm working on that. You, you didn't, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't enter the arranged marriage contest. I'm doing an arranged uh, you marriage You don't know. Oh, I guess you do know because you've seen them all. <laughs> yeah. Tell me why you're doing the arranged marriage thing. That has been killing me. No, I, you know, it's, it's funny that how much people talk about it, but in the, there's no dating in the Bible, right? Dating is a relatively new idea. It's about, it's an idea about 120 years old. And all we have in the Bible 
is examples of arranged marriage, people meeting at the altar. And so that's not what I'm doing. It's not a situation where you meet at the altar. But I do believe in this concept that, you know, in Song of Solomon, it says their friends and family praise their love more than wine. And just this reality that others who know you and know someone else say, man, you guys would be good together. And so it's that it's that setup. I think that's a really powerful way to find someone to spend the rest of your life with. So, man, I am going to begin to pr- I'm going to pray harder, not begin because I prayed. I'm going to pray harder Thank you. and think harder for you, Annie. OK, JP, we're going to talk about dating. Let's talk to our married friends first. How are our married friends able to step into this with us? What does it look like to, I mean, you're married, I'm single, you and Monica have stepped into this with me. Like, what does it look like for married people to love their single friends well when it comes to dating? Not just like come over and eat dinner, but specifically when it comes to dating. Yeah, so married friends lean in. Because I think one, it, it, it means hospitality. So hosting your single friends, like do not close your door to the single brothers and sisters in your church, like invite them over, talk with them, uh, ask questions like, Hey, do you want to be married? Not like the obnoxious grandmother at Thanksgiving, not married yet. You know, no, just like, Hey, is that a desire of your heart? How can we help? Who, who do we know? Be thinking about that. That's kind of two is I would, I would think if, if you have single friends who desire marriage, be thinking about like who who should I introduce them to? That's a part of the the safety net of the church is is that um, that that matchmaking, as I've said, kind of the arranged marriage, if you will. And so, and then three, I would say, be honest and vulnerable about your struggles and and the blessings. Like like show both sides of it. Like hey, this is what is good in marriage, and this is what is hard or difficult in marriage. And talk through that, like let them into your life. And so as I would just say, as we mm-hmm. as we continue to talk about dating, I hope married people will lean in, especially parents. Like if you have children, do not for a second turn this off because you need to know that they are dating in one of the most challenging landscapes that has ever existed. And you have to learn how to help them. Hey friends, just taking a short break from this conversation to give a shout out to our amazing partners, Nutrafol. This stat blows me away. 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. If you're one of them, just know you're not alone and there's a solution you can trust to actually deliver results. Thousands of women have taken back control of their hair with Nutrafol and tons of them rave that the supplement not only transformed their hair, but restored their confidence too. I love hearing that. Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life. Like most good things, healthier hair growth takes time. You'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, and faster growing hair in three to six months. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months, y'all. More than 1,500 top doctors recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high-quality solution for healthier hair. I love using Nutrafol because I've seen less breakage and shedding, and my hair just feels generally healthier. And as Nutrafol's powerful ingredients bring you back into balance, you may also notice improvements to your overall well-being, including more restful sleep, less stress, maybe better skin and nails. It's crazy how connected all of those things are. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code TSF, like that sounds fun, 
to save 20% off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus free shipping on every order. So get 20% off at Nutrafol.com. That's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, and the promo code is T-S-F. And now back to our conversation with JP. Let's talk about your book, Outdated. I don't do many dating conversations here on That Sounds Fun. We have a lot of people who are married. We, I don't tell tons about my own dating life, but today's the day, JP. So we're going to go for it because you're the expert. I mean, you're the guy. Outdated has just come out. And I want to know from you a bunch of dating stuff. Are you ready for this? Yeah, for sure. Let's go. Okay. So if dating's only 120 years old, what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah, it entered, it entered the English language as a euphemism for prostitution. That's that's great. That's true. Sounds and, great. <laughs> and so to go on a date was to exchange sexual uh. favors for an experience. And if you think about the way that the world dates in the 21st century, we haven't come that far. And so I think right. that so many people date for fun, like just this idea that I want to experience the manic highs and manic lows. And we don't consider logically with our head what dating actually is. Dating is just... It's the interview process for marriage, and it's and I want to back up, Annie, because I think this is really important for your listeners to hear. I'm a pastor at a church, and I want to apologize on behalf of the church that I believe the church has elevated marriage above singleness, which is an mm-hmm. unbiblical idea and an anti-biblical idea. That that mm-hmm. I know that single people have heard, my single friends have heard that singleness is a gift. And, and some people are like, well, does it have a receipt? Can I exchange it? Can I return it? Take it back? But but Paul, it wasn't just Paul who said that. Jesus actually said that in Matthew 19. He said, those who, he, he said there are those who are celibate for the sake of the kingdom. Not everyone who, who can accept this, but those who can should. And so I do believe that singleness is a gift, but not like a, not like it. We always think about that like as a permanent thing. And nobody can see the future. Nobody knows if it's permanent or not. But whatever your relationship status is today, that's a gift to go back to where we started, yeah. right? God, what are you doing? Like this isn't, I, I had hoped I'd be married by now. I had hoped this isn't how this would go. But here I am. How do I use it as a gift? Which I think you do as well as anybody I know. And that's why I'm oh, so nice. excited for your listeners. So excited for That Sounds Fun. And just this idea that we can embrace life and have an abundant life, regardless of what season we're in. But the number one mistake I think people make in dating today is just not knowing what they're looking for. And mm-hmm. and if you said, well, what are they looking for? I think most people who are dating are looking for a feeling. I just want mm-hmm. to find someone who makes me feel a certain way. Now imagine my wife sends me to the grocery store and she's very specific, Annie. Maybe you met her, you know her. I love Monica so much. I mean, they, I have this one video of us on tour where we are talking about her family making mayonnaise spaghetti. Is that what it is? A mayonnaise casserole? Ketchup spaghetti, but her mom has a lot of mayonnaise on everything. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. She's ketchup with her spaghetti. Oh, I love Monica. Okay, so she sends you to the store. So she And she's particular. Like, my, if I buy generic, she's frustrated. Like, I don't, I'll come home with generic, you know, milk or whatever, and she'll send me back. She, she will – her grocery list has – parenthetical descriptions. So she'll say, I want, I want this milk. I want organic, this size, 2%, the blue label with the red cap, you know, this brand. 
And so when I'm walking through the milk aisle, I'm comparing, you know, her description to what I'm seeing. So when I see the one with the blue label and the red cap, 2% organic with that brand, I purchase it. I don't, what I don't do is I don't stand in front of it and ask, okay, now how do I feel? How do I feel? You know, I, I say, oh, this is what I was looking for. So I'm going to buy it. And I think what we do, which trumps our logic and everything else is how we feel. And feelings are real, but they're not always reliable. Our feelings have led us in and out of every relationship we've ever been in. Like, I mean, all if, if you've ever dated anyone, you've experienced that excitement where you get out of bed and you're so excited and there's this pep in your step and you can attack the day and you almost feel like you have a reason to live because you have all the feels toward this person. And when they text you or when they call, or when you see their number on your phone, it's exciting. And you, yeah. it's almost just like your brain dumps serotonin and endorphins in your body. And then they do something stupid or annoying and all that goes away. <laughs> You're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, I, I, I can't stand you anymore. And, and the reality is every married person has felt that. For the person that they've married, at some point they woke up and they're beside somebody and they're like, I don't love you anymore. I don't even know if I like you anymore. And that too mm-hmm. is temporary. It's not like that stays there constantly. Life, the human narrative, the human experience, it ebbs and flows. And you'll have married people say, no, I've never felt that. I never questioned my love, this and that. We've always, and, and I just want you to know something. And, and you can quote me on this and you can tell them to call me. They're lying to you. That, <laughs> I do a lot of marriage counseling. I see, I've seen tens of thousands of relationships and that's just not the truth. The reality is yeah. that, that charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting. But you want to find someone who fears the Lord and build something. The other thing I think people overlook is is marriage is a lot more pragmatic than anyone wants to think. Um, that it's that it's really really practical. I'm I'm essentially looking for a partner to do ministry with. So it's like who can I you know who can I do ministry with? Like where can we strengthen our ministry and how do I find that person? So um, I think one of the things I feel that I wonder if some of my friends listening feel as well is that a lot of times people are talking about dating to 20 year olds and not talking about dating to 40 year olds. You know, it's just different. It's different when you're not, you know, when you're 20 to 24, there are so many of those things of like, can, what are you looking for? You're picking based on the wrong thing. You're all that. And then you get to our age and it feels like I either see people, myself and my peers, we are either unwilling to bend for anyone because we've figured this out. And if it's not perfect, I'm not interested. Or I'm so lonely, I'll take whatever I can get. Is that what you're seeing in in singles that are in their 30s and 40s? More the first one. I I think that that your standards can get higher and higher because you feel like more is at risk. You, you, you've also seen, are we wrong? You've seen more candidates. You know, I don't think you need to lower your standards, but it feels like you, you know, as you, you sit there and you think, well, I've lengthened my patience and I'm, and I'm running out of patience, but you've seen so many prospects. And so there's, you know, science would tell us the, the more options you have, the less likely you are to make a decision. And I think that study, which was actually done with, with jellies, like spreads. I think that actually yeah. applies to dating and marriage in a way because you've seen so many 
prospects, you've seen candidates out there and you think, all right, I really do want to, to wait for the right person. And that's where I would just go back to that other thing that I said is, is just have an idea of this is, this is my must haves. Like this is what I want them to be. But I also think that's going to be more and more the norm statistically. I mean, we're getting married less, we're getting married later and marriages aren't lasting but what's crazy about that is we have more help than any generation that has ever lived. We have dating apps, sure. dating websites, personality tests, compatibility tests, professional matchmakers. We, we have all of these, these tools to help us, and we're just getting worse and worse at this. I think it's yeah. because of the influence of Hollywood where the, the message generally in the world is continue to chase a feeling and, and really – as we watch, you know, rom-coms and reality shows, which I'm not against, like enjoy those things, but just know that they are training you for drama because the only thing that goes on, makes it on TV are things that are entertaining and you really don't want an entertaining marriage. You know, you, you almost want a, right. you want a boring marriage, one that wouldn't be a good reality show because you're not yelling at each other and throwing things against the wall or mm-hmm. doing stupid things when you're intoxicated. You don't want that kind of marriage. You know, you want something different. Yeah. What What is the role? So talk to our friends who are 30s that are guys. What's What are some things you you would encourage them to do if they want to be married and they're not? Well, it's, it's one big glaring thing. I mean, we are in a epidemic of male passivity and... I, I don't. I don't mean to hurt someone's feelings in saying that. I, I'm. There's certainly exceptions, but guys have to take initiative. I mean, they. They. And and I would say, reorient your preferences and your standards to match Creator God, who says to Samuel, "I don't look at the outside. I look at the heart. I examine the heart." And so guys, you know, tell me all the time, well, what if, what if she's a great godly woman, but I'm not attracted to her? I'm like, well, then you need to pray that God would make you attracted to what he's attracted to. Like ask him, like beg him to, to change that in you. Because I do think we've put way too much preferences, uh, way too much uh, priority rather on, on looks and chemistry. And I think looks and chemistry have a place. They're just not ultimate. And so to guys, I would have two messages. I say one, initiate. Oh, I'm going to say three. I'm going to change it. Not two, but three. Good. Come on. One, initiate. So take initiative. Um, two, make sure your standards match God's because he loves you. He, he has a plan for you. His standards are better than yours. So if yours aren't don't match his, you should change yours. And then three, remove confusion. Like ladies wonder, girls wonder, you know, it's just kind of what I've learned how God made you is you'll wonder if he's going to call, if he's going to text, if you're going to date again, how it went, you know, where this is going. And, um, and people will ask me, what does it look like to lead in a relationship? And I, and I say, I, you know, I don't know that you need to think about that a lot in dating, but I will say this leaders remove confusion. And so mm-hmm. in clarity mm-hmm. is kindness. And so clarity is kindness. Say all the things like, you know, as kindly as you can, but communicate. And here's, I would say, be intentional, but not intense. 
Because some of my Christian yeah. brothers, they'll hear this and they'll be, all right, I'm going to pick you up at seven. I'm going to walk to the door at 702. I'm going to hold your hand for two seconds. I'm going to turn, I'm going to walk away. We're going to go here. I'm going to, I'm going to text you tomorrow at uh-huh. 803. Uh, all right. I'm, I'm like exhausted just listening to you. Not intense, just intentional. Just, hey, genuine, like I had a great time tonight and I would love to do this again. I'm going to call you sometime tomorrow and ask if you'd like to go out with me next week. Feel free to think about that between now and then. And if you don't, I'm going to be okay. Just feel free to tell me that. I mean, mm. that's kind, you know? Yeah. I think you're the one who said this to me, but our friend group says a lot. If he likes you, you know. If you're confused, he doesn't. Yeah. And we just like, that's what we live by is when we start doing the like, well, what do you think this means? And what do you think this means? And we always go, if you're confused, and then that should tell you everything. If he likes you, you know. Yeah, but I think guys need to hear that, though, too, because there, there's a drift. And that's what we're saying behind their back? <laughs> yeah, there's a drift where I, I think sometimes they are intentionally confusing. And that's the other thing that you see in the dating culture today is just playing games. And it's the oh. ghosting. It's unkind. The sliding into DMs, the ghosting, the... The, you know, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait this long to text her back and do this to try to, you know, receive a feeling. You're going to build a marriage on something fake. You don't need to play games. Romans 12, 9 says love must be sincere. So just be sincere, you know, like mm-hmm. just, and if it doesn't, if we're like, well, well, that doesn't work. Well, if it doesn't work, God's protecting you from something, but just, just right. be honest and sincere. Um, another thing we say back and forth in our friend group is that, not only is God protecting you from, but he's protecting you for. There's, there's a reason you're being protected. It's not just that he's locking you away, but he's protecting you for someone or something better than what you're experiencing right now. And everyone's, you know, the, the people that need to hear that the most are going to be the most prone to disbelieve it. And they're like, man, that's, mm. that's great. But I just, I wish he'd hurry up and, you know, there's a, um, I think a lot of people are looking for the one, you know, and it's, it almost feels like you're trying to find a needle in a haystack. And I would say you're, you don't need to find the one. It, it's someone, it's a relatively small group. And that's, that's good news because you don't have to go throughout the whole world trying to find someone right. that was born relatively around the same time you were. It's, it's someone who loves Jesus and, and is going to cherish you. And they're going to, to care for you. They're going to be a great dad. Uh, or and a great husband, or a great wife, and a great mom, and you know that you're not looking for a soulmate. You're looking an S O U L mate. You're looking for a soulmate, an S O L E mate, one mate. You know, for yeah. a lifetime. Yeah. So for our friends that are listening, that are in that same age bracket, that are women, like I hear from a lot of women in their 30s who feel like, and going into their 40s, who are not married yet, that want to be married, and don't know what it, it, I hear things like this. I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to do. And so what are you, what's your advice for women that are desiring marriage, don't have it yet and don't know what else to do? Yeah. Two things. One is I think, I think the, one of the beauties of the church is to let your married friends know that you'd like to be married and just say, Hey, do you know, of anybody that I, that's the back to the whole arranged marriage thing. It's like, do you know anybody that I would be a, a great wife for? Do you, do you know anybody that I should meet? Would you introduce me to someone? And it's not, that's not desperate. Like, like I think I've heard no. girls tell me like, Oh, that feels so desperate. I'm like, what? That's not, that's like no. Monica and I love that. Like we would love to have 
uh, you know, people over, sit at our table, introduce, like that's super fun for us. And, uh, and, and I think it's according to God's plan, like a part how he made us. But I also think, and Annie, I don't know how you're going to feel about this. So, you know, feel free to disagree with me, but I think women feel like they just have to like sit and wait on a guy. And I don't think you have to do that again. I think love must be sincere. And so if you like a guy, there's not, there's nothing wrong. I don't see anything biblically forbidding you to go up to him and say, man, I I've been thinking a lot about you and I, and I'd really love to spend more time with you. Would you let me know if that's something you're interested in? You know, (laughs) you can do that and be careful because you are choosing your problems And as I said earlier, a, a big oh, issue. Oh, I love when you talk about that. A big issue is male passivity and apathy, and so you just want to make sure that you're not selling yourself short. That you know he's not going to take initiative ever, and uh, and that if he does have feelings for you, you're kind of giving him the easy way out. Like he's not he's not going to. You want someone that that will fight for you, you know, and um, and I I think. The ladies I know that love Jesus, they're, they're worth fighting for. And so just, just be careful, beware as you choose your problems that you're not choosing passivity or apathy. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to tell you about one of our incredible partners, Indeed. I'm personally not a fan of messing up in general. Y'all know this about me. But one thing you really do not want to mess up is hiring. You need to hire great people if you want to take your entire business to the next level. I've seen this play out with each of the incredible team members we've added here at Downs Books. With the stakes this high, there's only one choice, Indeed. Now, let me tell you why. Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates with Indeed Instant Match. Indeed searches through the millions of resumes in their database to help show you great candidates instantly. That means you're freed up to do your part, meeting and hiring people faster. Unlike some hiring sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility, delivering a quality shortlist fast. With Indeed, there are no long-term contracts and you can pause your account at any time and you only pay for what you need. Want your quality shortlist fast? You need Indeed. Right now, our friends get a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sounds fun. This is Indeed's best offer available anywhere. So get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Indeed.com slash sounds fun. The offer is valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. And now let's go back and finish our conversation with JP. What, what would be other problems that we're choosing? Can you list out like for men and for women? Because I do think that's really important that while we're also choosing these benefits of being in a relationship, just like you said, Jesus and Paul both were kind of like, only if you have to, only if you really want to, because you are picking problems that I, there are problems that my friends that are my age have that are married that I don't have. So what are some of the other, talk me through some of that so people can kind of be processing getting into relationships. On that first note, I, I just would say, you know, I, I've learned that everyone needs to hear one of two messages. Uh, every single person needs to hear one of two messages. Every single person who desires marriage. Some need to hear that marriage is hard. But sometimes the church says that so loudly. It's like, well, gosh. So much. It's like, is it, is it good? Is it fun? Is it, is it okay? Like, can I want to get married? And I would say, yes, it's good to desire. It's, it's, a, it's a great thing if you desire marriage. And marriage is a lot of fun. Um, 
but and and some need to hear that like marriage is good. So there are people who just look at it and they think, well, I don't ever want that. That's too hard. It's, you know, I don't know anybody who's happy. And I say, no, marriage is good. And then there's some people that look at it with such rose colored glasses that they need to know and set your expectation. This thing that you're about to do, it's, it's also really difficult. And so usually one of those, those two messages, uh, as far as red flags go, any, you know, you've heard some of mine and Monica's story. I mean, we didn't, date in the church. So we're not that couple that like, we didn't court, we didn't kiss dating goodbye or anything crazy like that. I mean, we just, we, we, uh, we were, we got together as unbelievers. And so we dated like, uh, and un, like pagans do, you know, and she stayed over at my house. We were physical, we partied, we went to clubs, all of that. And then I was at, I was at a club one night and someone invited me to church and I went and I sat in the back row hung over and gave my life to Jesus and then I had a conversation with her and then she gave her life to Jesus. And now we're, and now we're believers, we're Christians and we're, and we're dating. And so uh, I think that as you're choosing problems or considering what problems are you choosing, if you just get that love Jesus piece, right, it will cover a multitude of other things. Mm-hmm. Because as I look at our marriage, somebody asked me today, as I gather with those college students, they said, how did you prepare for marriage? And I said, I don't think I prepared for marriage until you t- in year two of marriage. Because wow. year one was like the honeymoon. Like it was, I don't it was, we just dated. We went to restaurants all the time. It was great. And then year two, the wheels fell off. I, I was still, you know, would still, uh, I was still addicted to pornography. I had these vices that that were had followed me into marriage, and I've never met anybody with marriage problems. It, it's always single people problems that they brought into marriage. That was very much say us. that. And that was very much me, and and I like I needed recovery. I needed community. I needed God to do a work. And so they uh, people came in our life, and they began to to speak into that. And today we have an amazing marriage. I mean, that's that's the truth. I I don't. I we have the greatest marriage that I know of. But God did that um, because we had the big rock of Jesus there in place. If you have that, I know it sounds cliche. I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to say that. Like, keep in mind, I've got scars. Like, I've been in the world. I've experienced the world. And I really have seen God do a work in our marriage because the Holy Spirit is there. As we surrender to him, he, he's doing that. But you can inspect. There's a list in First Timothy 4.12. He says, do not let anyone look down on you, but set an example for believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and purity. And I think those five things are a great thing to inspect. Like, what do they say? What comes out of their mouth? Because Jesus says, what comes out of your mouth displays your heart. How do they act? Mm-hmm. And not just you, because they're interviewing for the job, but how do they act toward the server at the restaurant? How do they act toward people who can do nothing for them? What do they love? Yeah. Like, it's great if they love, you know, a, a team or something, but do they love that more than anyone, more than God, more than they'll love you? Like what has the affections of their heart, their faith? Like, is it, are they a check the box Christian who's memorized some verses or are they like, Hey, I, I believe, I believe in God and I want to live for him. You know, I, I want everything I do to run through that matrix of my faith. And then are they, are they pursuing purity? Are they going to care for you? Are they going to cherish you? Are they going to value the covenant of marriage so much that, you know, they, they don't want to take advantage of you outside of marriage because uh, you know to the ladies i'd say a guy that will do that 
is communicating something. He's saying, hey, don't value the marriage covenant. I'm willing to go outside of it. And, uh, you know, be, beware as you choose that. JP, there, there, you could have written books about anything and you have written others, but outdated. I mean, why do you want to take this on? Why do you want to be the one who's helping us date well and date better and get married? Such an important question. Thanks for asking. As you, I mean, Annie, I mean, sometimes are you not just overwhelmed by everything that's happening in our world? I mean, there's so much division and hurt and hate and, and it's so easy to see the fall in the world today. And I know we joke about years 2020 and it's like 2021 said, hold my beer in some ways. <laughs> and, here right. we are. And, and there's so much division, you know, politically, racially, socioeconomically, even preferentially, like to vaccine or not, to, to wear a mask or not. There's just every, there's just anything we can figure out that we want to, anything we want to fight about, we'll find it, right? And as you trace those problems back, a lot of them come from the family of origin or the family unit. And and you would never think the way that we're going to solve those problems is with dating. But you think about what's the foundation of the family unit. It's when boy meets girl. And so if you can catch people at that really vulnerable state of when they're looking for love, I, I think you can change relationships, therefore change marriage. And and in turn, it sounds crazy, but change the world. And then also, I would just say like, it was born out of empathy, because I do think it's the most challenging time in the world to date than any other time in history. And in some ways, that's naive to say, because I haven't lived any other time. But based on what I've read about history, and what I see, like we have outsourced so much of this to technology. Like the guy no longer walks across the room and looks you in the eyes and and has to be courageous. He can, he can just slide into your DMS, you know, he can just swipe left or swipe right. And, and there's, there's all of this interaction that's taking place just on virtual platforms. And, um, and so there's a new list of problems that go with that. And I want to be helpful. I don't give a rip about selling books. I really, really don't. The only reason that I've written a book is because I want to be helpful to people. And I think this book will be helpful to people. Do you think that dating apps are good ideas for Christians? Do I think dating apps are good ideas for Christians? Yeah, I think they're here to stay. Like, I mean, it, it's, it's, I'm a simple guy. Like I just, I teach the Bible. I'm firm where the Bible's firm. I'm flexible where it's flexible. I found life through the word of God and trusting in it. And, um, and believe it or not, the Bible doesn't say anything about dating apps. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> yeah. So the internet, you know, right? Dating didn't even exist, much less dating apps. But not da- not all dating apps are the same. Like some of them are just blatantly hookup apps. Like they are there to ha- for two strangers to have sex, right? And you just, I would avoid those. And then it, it, there's two rules to dating apps. And one's a lot harder than the other to follow. One one rule is know that that profiles lie. So mm-hmm. people can be anybody they want online. And so you just need to verify that. I mean, they profiles lie. You got to know that. And then the second rule, and this one's a little bit more challenging, is I wouldn't date strangers. And so I wouldn't show up at a table at a restaurant with somebody you don't know. And you're like, well, how do I, that's the point of a dating app. I'm like, I, I would prefer or prioritize the dating apps that 
allow you to see who you're in network with, like who you both know, who you know in common, so that you can kind of yeah. check some references and say, okay, you know, who is this person? Are they a good person? Um, you know, where do they go to church? Are they involved in the church? Do they have a faith? People ask me every, you know, I get 2,000 questions about every Friday. And they'll say like, hey, when I'm on a date with somebody, how do I find out if they're a Christian? And I always say, I hope you know before then. Like, I hope before you go on a date with somebody, you know they're, like, you understand what faith they have. That is that is mind-blowing that that would be one of the first questions that you would ask once you're sitting there, if that matters to you. If that matters to you, you should know that before you're sitting there, I would think. That's right. Okay, JP, so part of my singleness journey is that I, I mean, I joke about this a lot, but I'm also like, nobody doesn't know what I want in this life. Like I haven't hidden my want at all, but there are, there are times where people say things to me or talk about their own feelings of shame, expressing to their married friends that they want to be married. Talk why do we feel shame about that? Why do we feel shame about talking about what we want and and how do we get to the other side of that where we can invite people in as single people, invite our married friends in, invite our parents in to our desire about this? Yeah, I don't know exactly where the shame comes from. Do you experience that though too? Do you hear that from people too? Yes. I think one of the biggest problems that I, I hear in dating are from girls who are actually dating. And so I, I hear all the time, you know, guys don't ask girls out. I hear that all the time. I hear from guys, girls always say no, which is an interesting, you know, contradiction. Or the, the, it's hard. <laughs> right. I talk about it's that. It's a problem. Well, I talk about that in Outdated. How can both of those be true? There's an entire chapter on that. It was, it was one of my favorite parts of the book, JP. It's brilliant. I also hear from girls who are like, hey, I'm dating, but like, why can't I find somebody? Like I, I'm going on dates but there's just, I, I, you know, why can't I find somebody? And I think the enemy can really play in that fence. Like he can just start, you know, having you, your head narrative, your, your inner narrative, like, all right, what's wrong with me? That's such a dangerous question. What's wrong with me? And, and the answer to that question is nothing and everything. You're right. Nothing specifically wrong with you that, that is probably keeping you single. I mean, there's, there's a few exceptions to that, but, but more than likely nothing. And then two, what's wrong with you is you're a sinner like everybody else walking around and the world that we live in has fallen. And, you know, it's not like God created one guy and one girl and, uh, and, you know, we're going through and, and we're going to magnetically find each other somehow, some way. And so I think that that's that vulner vulnerability is, is to like go to someone and to say, I, I want someone and I don't have them. And can you help me? And that's, that can be vulnerable when it's anything, you know, like, Hey, I, I want like people right now have lost power. So to like knock on somebody's door, it's like, Hey, I, I want power. I don't have power. Can you help me? Like, can I, you know, that, and that's vulnerable place to ask for help much more. So when you're talking about someone you're going to spend the rest of your life with, but I just, I would reject shame and, and do not let the enemy play in that and go to your married friends and ask for help. Yeah. I just think there is, we have got to, and you lead this so well, JP, and I try to fall in your footsteps in it. And we've got to give people permission that you are allowed to want things. There something has told us in culture that wanting things is shameful, that we should just be, maybe it's the content thing that people used to tell us in the nineties and the two thousands about 
when you're content, God will give you what you want. And so you're not allowed to say you want things, but I feel like that has been so dangerous for us in dating to feel like we aren't allowed to talk about our desires not being met. Yeah. Can I just say this? That's so dumb. Like if we obligate God, if if somebody says, Hey, well, whenever you're content, that's when God's going to give you what you want. It's just not what the scripture says. He says, godliness with contentment is great gain. And, you know, C.S. Lewis talks about that when there's nothing in this world that satisfy, when nothing satisfies us in this world, it's evidence that we were made for another world. And the reality, Annie, is you right now, you have a lot of single people who desire marriage. But friend, you also have a lot of married people who desire singleness. The reality is, Mm. and even this is even true in the church, most marriages fail. Okay. And so people say, well, how do you say most marriages fail? So you have a divorce rate of about 40 to 50%, depending on what stat you're looking at, but, but almost half. Um, and then you have all of this, this other significant percentage of people who stay married, but they're unhappy. They're roommates. they, They are celibate. Like there's no intimacy there. And so then there's this really small percentage of people that have a thriving marriage. They, they found somebody and, and they're working hard at it. But con- discontentment is everywhere, discontentment in marriage and discontentment in singleness. And I think that we should pursue contentment, but there's nothing wrong. Like it, it, there may be something wrong with being married and wanting to be single. There's nothing wrong with being single and having a desire for marriage. Yeah. Where, when you think about people getting outdated, do you see them reading it with small groups? Like what's, what's the most fun picture you picture in your mind as this book comes out? Yeah, I really believe Annie, like I, I've, I finished the audiobook and I just wept. Yeah. I mean, I just cried because I, I was know. like, I wouldn't change a word. You know, I wouldn't change a word. It's exactly what I wanted to say. I believe it's consistent with what God says about relationships. And, and I really think it has the potential to change the landscape of dating in our land and I hope that everyone gets it. You know, they, they get five or six copies for their small group. They say, hey, let's go through this a chapter a week at a time. We're releasing a study guide to go with it. Some questions that they can, yeah. can talk about in their small group. Uh, Monica and I did a Q&A that we can send to people. We've, we've created other resources around it. But I, I think no one, I, I really believe this is true. I don't think there's anyone that's going to read this book and not learn something. Um, I mean, it really is 12 years of research from observing tens of thousands of relationships, seeing what people do. So much of ministry is pattern recognition, seeing what people do that that works out really well for them and seeing what people do that leads to disaster and heartbreak and hurts and uh, and and then applying scripture to those situations. And so I just. I I hope that people will read it in their small group and in their churches. I hope churches do sermon series over it. And uh, yeah, I hope there's book studies and book groups reading it together for sure. I hope I saw a couple of weeks ago, our mutual friend, Jenny Allen said to you on Insta story, JP, we need an app. We need you to create an app that helps align people theologically and all sorts of crazy stuff like that. But, um, do you see something like that coming? Do you think there's a world where you make us a, a different kind of dating app? Oh, Annie, I can't, I can't tell your <laughs> listeners all of that at this point in time. No, I'm, I'm okay. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, 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 um, I, it's funny that how much I've thought about it since then. I can't believe you asked that. Like none of these, they should know that we didn't rehearse any of this. You didn't tell me any of the questions no. you were going to ask. 
And uh, and it's funny that you even said, Annie, we, what are we going to talk about? And I was like, JP, we're just going to talk. Oh, don't talk. Let me hit record. That. Let me hit record. You'll be fine. Okay, great. Uh, I, I and, and so I just I've thought about that so much. I'm like, Lord, is that what you want? Is there some is there some right way to do this to actually use technology instead of resisting it, but to use it to someone's benefit? And I just this whole arranged marriage thing has been stuck in my head. And I'm like, is there something there? Is there a reason that this is the only biblical example that we have? And is, is the app, the new arranged marriage, is that how this works? And so that's where my headspace has been. It's just been crazy. Okay. Well, just know there's a lot of us out here. There's a, I mean, I, the sentence that a lot of my friends are saying back and forth is it is hard out on these streets right now, JP. It is hard out on these streets. I know it's hard on the streets. I mean, the pandemic, trying to date during a pandemic is was no joke. I've been going places and, and you know, people have been asking me to speak on pornography. That's a huge part of my past. And I've, I've, I've found freedom in it. And so I speak on it to give people hope often. But they just said we're seeing the highest uh, levels because of as a result of COVID-19 and the pandemic and the shutdown. I mean, you're looking alcohol sales are up. I mean, there's a lot of things, vices that we're turning to where we're looking for hope and especially yeah, dating in this. T- oh, I mean, like people just scrolling through their phones with people they already knew. Yeah. Well, I pray that this resource outdated changes that you can please pray with me. And honestly, I know that people love you, Annie. I mean, you're so, you're so fun. I see you using your gifts so well. Um, I, 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 if I, I mean, people like my friends are so excited that I'm, I'm talking with you right now that, Oh, we just love her so much, you know? And I, I just would ask if I could ask anything of your listeners, even more than buy the book, I would ask them to pray for this book. Just like to go, yeah. if, if you're, if you're out there and you're a Christian, would you just ask God to, to do a work through this resource? And I, I hope that it, it, it helps to yeah. heal some of those hurts that we just talked about. It, uh, you were kind enough to let me read it early and it was very impactful and very helpful. And I have told a lot of people, I mean, I don't like talking about this publicly and I'm doing it because it's you and because I know how much this resource really matters. There are a lot of people that want to have dating conversations. I'm not one of them. So I am thankful for you and, and your resource. So thanks for all you put into that. I know that I know it's going to matter. Thank you so much, friend. Let's, we, we need to go on tour You're again. Welcome. Let's do that again. Oh, I want to so bad. Let's do it again. We need a round two. We didn't even make it to the West Coast. We didn't make it far enough into the Midwest. We got a lot of the world that still needs to see us do a love better tour. So outdated. That sounds fun. We'll take it off. Um, hey, is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to make sure we cover? I don't think so. Uh, they told me yeah. you were going to ask two questions. Yes. I'm going to the first one because the show is called that sounds fun. Tell me what sounds fun to you. Oh, uh, what sounds fun to me? Well, I already told you, I I think (laughs) I know you've answered it before. No, what, what sounds fun to me is have having Monica and you and your friends cross point people on that tour bus (laughs) <laughs> just laughing way too late. What I would far, do. Far too little sleep. <laughs> listening to, you know, 90s R&B and just dying laughing. That sounds so much fun right now. As I, I would also say, because I'm staring at like snow and ice I everywhere, that uh, the beach, the beach sounds fun. Like 
white sand and crystal clear water and sunshine <laughs> and seagulls. And that sounds pretty amazing right now too. Oh, I feel all that with you. Um, my favorite memory that I just came back to me from that tour bus is remember Mike Grayson also has a handheld that he plugs into his iPhone so he can talk on a phone and him singing Adele. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Hello. What he saying? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ugh. I'll just never forget it. This became a, a Mike Grayson fan podcast. Today. My stomach hurt. My stomach hurt because of him. I'd laugh so hard. Unbelievable. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, JP, I love you and I love Monica and I'm thankful for you. Thanks for doing this and being a part of this today. And thanks for outdated. We love you so much, friend. Thank you for making the world smile and just making life more fun. Keep doing that. I pray for you often and I wish you the very, very best. And I hope to see you soon face to face. I hope so too. I hope so too. You guys, don't you love him? Oh my gosh, so much wisdom. I'm so grateful for all of his thoughts, for all of us that are dating and for our married friends who are figuring out what it looks like to be in good relationship with your single friends. I just loved it. I'm so thankful for JP. Make sure you grab a copy of his new book, Outdated. It releases tomorrow. I promise you will not regret it. And make sure you're following JP so you can tell him thank you for being on the show today. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I'm Annie F. Downs, TSF, like that sounds fun, on YouTube. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I will do the same. Have a great week. We'll see you back here on Thursday with my good buddy and yours, Carlos Whitaker. Whitaker.